Diocese of Churches for the Sake of Others is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a national diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org. Good day, everyone. Welcome to the first C4SO podcast episode of 2022. I'm your host, Ben Sternke, and I'm here again with Bishop Todd Hunter. Todd, how are you feeling about the beginning of 2022? Oh, man, it's a uh, mixed. Mixed, yes. First of all, it's great to see you again. Haven't seen yeah. you in a while. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of these series uh, without without you, and so it's it's lovely to have another conversation like this with you. Yeah, thank you. So, I mean, you know, everybody knows this. We're, we keep thinking we're going to be done with COVID, and then it ends up being like honey that you can't get out from underneath your fingernails right. or something. It yes. just won't go away. Mm. And now we happen to be recording on January 6th, and so all that stuff's back in our face again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've obviously got major cultural problems of all kinds, and... Um, so yeah, it feels mixed. I mean, I yeah. uh, I feel good. I feel grateful for God. I feel grateful for you. I feel grateful to uh, have meaning in my life because of the call of God. So it's it's just a big it's a big yeah. mix. Yeah. Yep. Well, I feel that too. Do you are you a new New Year's resolution maker? Did you make any New Year's resolutions? You know, I have over the years, but um, but I didn't actually this year, um, and I don't know why. It just didn't uh, didn't dawn on me, but. But yeah. I've gotten to the point to where my New Year's resolutions now are more sort of, uh, what's the word, conceptual or something and not yeah. so targeted. Like, like yeah. I want to work on this part of my person. Yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? Rather than uh, I'm going to go on a diet or something. Right, right. I'm going to do this specific thing. Yeah. yeah. I, li- I, I heard a while back of people calling them intentions. Yes. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I like that. That feels, I mean, resolution is fine too, but yeah. I... I do feel that um, there's some goodness in that sort of yeah. turning our turning ourselves towards some intentions, getting out of ruts, perhaps that we're in. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to take this first episode uh, just to kind of get a word from our bishop for the year. So no pressure, but um, <laughs> you recently wrote an encouraging word for our clergy, and I thought it might be a, like a good way to start uh, the year, yeah. just to kind of receive a, an encouraging word from our bishop. Um, you started that letter by naming a bunch of issues that we need to be present to in 2022. You've named a mm-hmm. couple of them already, COVID and um, you know some of the uh, political unrest uh, that January 6th represents now, um, shifting views in human sexuality, there's uh, healthcare and economic viability concerns for people, there's racism concerns, there's education concerns, there's you know, all the COVID stuff that um, yeah. continues to affect us. So I, I think it's tempting. I know it's tempting for me as a, as a leader. Um, it's probably tempting for a lot of Christians to look at all this stuff and feel pretty overwhelmed. Yes. And uh, as, a, as a way of, as a, as a pious sounding way of pushing it all to the side, just to say, yeah. you know what? God's still on the throne. You know what? God's going to handle this. Let's just focus on God. Let's just focus on doing church yeah. and everything's going to work work itself out. So why, why do you see it as vital for us as the church to clearly see and to name and to be present to these cultural issues as they come up? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> because I think it's like definitional. It feels like fundamental to me that um, from Abraham um, to today, 
um, God has been forming a people who would be his redemptive agents in the world. Hmm. And I think what you're trying to name there, Ben, is the world has become, to coin a phrase, like overly evocative or something. Hmm. Like it's, it's overwhelming. Yeah. It's like our, we are not more, this is not an accusation. This is just an observation, and I would include myself in it. But it feels to me like we're not morally or spiritually capable for dealing what's, with what's in our news feeds. Mm. You know, if, you, if, if 50 years ago you just lived in a little village or a little town somewhere in the world, right. um, you just sort of dealt with, oh gosh, so-and-so who owns this business is being unfair to his workers. And you could kind right. of deal with it, what's in your little town. Yeah. But now the whole world shows up in our news feeds. So just this morning, you know, you read of the atrocities in, in um, uh, not Afghanistan, shoot, one of those Soviet client states just went out of my mind, Kazakhstan maybe. Well, what yeah. am I supposed to do about that, to your point? Right. Yeah. Like, I know that, and I'm heartbroken about it, but what am I supposed to do about it? So I don't know yeah. that this is the exact right answer, but maybe it's to try to get exquisitely present to what's real to us. Yeah. So what's real to me here in Franklin? What would be real to you in, you know, in Indy? And maybe we kind of go out from there and put our hand to that which we can actually give direct action to. But mm-hmm. I don't know that that's actually the exact <laughs> right answer. It just feels like the one yeah. thing I can do. Like, I don't feel like I can give any direct action to what's happening in former Soviet client states. Right, and I, right. I don't even I can't even claim to understand all the sociological and historical reasons for these uprisings. Right. Right. So I don't yeah. know if that's very helpful, but Yeah, no, it, it is. I think because it, it, you're naming you're you're almost providing a filter for us because it is overwhelming. I, I think you're right. I think psychologically, I've read a lot of articles about this. Like psychologically we like there is something almost damaging yeah. to our you know, there's there's such a thing as you know. I talked with a therapist who um, is part of our church, who is having to shift his practice because of all the vicarious. He used to take on mm-hmm. the hardest, you know, clients, and he has yeah. to shift now his practice because of all the vicarious trauma. Just mm-hmm. hearing the stories, the horrible stories of abuse and other things that he has to deal with, just hearing them causes his own body trauma. Mm-hmm. I think there's something about that. Um, That's actually an interesting point, Ben. What if we, we all, in mm-hmm. quotes, we all are experiencing, because of our news feeds, yeah. vicarious trauma yeah. that then emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, relationally suppresses us, which then further just exacerbates, the, the like you said, the throwing up of our hands that, yeah. well, I can't do anything about this, but I know how to yeah. put on a church service. Right. And so we right. sort of retreat to that yeah. which we do know, and that yeah. feels appropriately spiritually, emotionally, relationally fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of that can be described, like a lot of what we see happening can be described in the fight, flight, flee, fawn, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of trauma responses that our bodies naturally go into. And so it's a a deep challenge. Um, But I think I'm hearing you say that the answer can't just be flight. We can't just Mm -hmm. flee into our church services. We can't just flee into our, you know, just perform the, just preach a sermon, do the sacraments. Um, We have to be present, Um, but it does take some discernment. We have to be present to what, what are the actual cultural issues that I can be present to as an agent of God's mercy and justice. Yeah. So maybe one, one way to get at that, as, as I hear you saying that 
is one could wonder, where do I have agency? Yeah. Like, I don't have agency in, again, I feel so bad that I can't remember, but let's say Kazakhstan. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, go, go read the news. But, yeah. um, but I don't really have any agency there. But I do have agency mm-hmm. in this moment. I can be consciously present to you, and I, yeah. can, I can be consciously present to our audience. Mm-hmm. I do have agency there. Yeah. And so where we do have agency, we want to have agency as followers of Jesus, which means yes. we work for peace, against injustice. We work for healing mm-hmm. against, you know, that which dehumanizes, yes. etc. Yes. So I think wherever we have space and agency, that's the place where we're probably called to work. Yeah. Hey everybody, welcome once again to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, our first of 2022, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week we're praying for Trinity Northside in Atlanta, Georgia, which is led for the past five months by the Reverend John Ziegler, and he's joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray specifically for them. John, welcome to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks C4SO fam for praying for us. We really yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Last time we talked with you, you were leading a different church. And, That's right. Uh, here you are. You moved to Trinity Northside. What is uh, something that you're encouraged by right now that you see happening? Yeah. You know, something that I'm really encouraged by here in Atlanta is just the the people in our parish. Um, mm. They've been super welcoming and hospitable and... Um, they are really just committed to, to kind of the mission of this of this parish and just um yeah they're all you know just like us they've they've got busy lives they're trying to run their businesses trying to raise their kids mm-hmm. um but they're also just super committed to seeing this church get established and move forward and um i'm just super super thankful for their commitment and really encouraged by them that's good to hear uh, what's a challenge that you guys are facing right now that you want to let us know about? Yeah, I think for us, something that's really a big challenge is um, we, we're kind of relaunching the church. And so the church mm-hmm. has no staff at the moment besides me. <laughs> and so we're trying to hire a music person and uh, trying to hire a kids person and, you know, maybe one or two other things depending on who, who would need part time or, mm. or, uh, and whatnot. And um, within that, already big challenge. I think something that's hard for me is um, both Jan and I have for a long time now had a deep commitment to uh, multi-ethnic church. We've only been a part of multi-ethnic churches for the last maybe 10, 15 years mm. and really committed to um, serving together with a diverse staff. And so mm. um, coming here to Atlanta, which is a very diverse city, my intent was like, we're going to build a diverse team and just have a beautiful, you know, diverse church. And mm-hmm. um that's been really hard to, to find uh, different kinds of folks to even apply, to even put their name in the hat. Yeah. And uh, I think even part of that challenge is we're just so new here. Like you said, we've been here for five months now and mm-hmm. we hardly know anyone here, you know? <laughs> and so uh, we have a little yeah. bit of a network to tap into, you know, with the church that's already here. But um, yeah. I'd say for us, that's, you know, one of the hardest things, just really wanting that, really wanting to have a diverse staff, but we're having, really having trouble connecting Okay. with uh, folks that might might be down for that. Okay. Well, I think it's a worthy uh, goal and a, and a good vision. Um, and uh, we'll be praying that you're able to get connected with people who, um, yeah, can help 
to fulfill that. Thank you. To fulfill that vision and shape the church. Um, I really appreciate you joining us, John. Thanks, Thanks for, for having me. Yeah, about what's going on. Blessings, uh, listen, brother. Yeah, you too. Uh, listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Trinity Northside or contribute to their work uh, or send them a referral for a kid's ministry person or whatever else they're looking for, you can check out the link in the show notes. You write in that uh, letter that, you know, we need to be agents of God's mercy and justice in the world, um, that, that, you know, the resolution and the, and the redemption of these issues can only yeah. come from that transcendent source, but God works through us. Uh, to to be present. And um, I found this language evocative. You, you say, like, we must be lovingly near to bruised reeds mm. and smoldering wicks. Um, yeah. And I wonder if you could just expand on that. Who do you see as the bruised reeds and smoldering wicks that we need to be present to right now? Who, who are the yeah. people that you may have in mind there? Yeah, I remember writing that. And with um, bruised reeds, I was just thinking of all the pain in humanity Mm-hmm. from big things like racism and mm-hmm. um, uh, big things like, you know, again, like health outcomes and who has access to, you know, health, you know, um, procedures and that sort of yeah. stuff. So I sort of said, I think in the bruised reeds, for whatever reason, I'm not saying this is what the text means. I'm mm-hmm. just saying my imagination went to sort of systemic things. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And with smoldering wicks, again, it's, it's just my imagination. It doesn't make it right. Is for some reason I started thinking of evangelicals. Yeah. And and maybe people like Nicodemus or yeah. um, scribes or Pharisees who kind of scratched their heads at Jesus and were sort of maybe I don't know. I, I believe a Messiah is coming, but you you certainly don't act like what what yeah. we thought. So I, I guess maybe I was thinking of the religious disaffected who yeah. just have this little smoldering wick left. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. and I don't want to be a part of judging and condemning them and, yeah. you know, like blowing out whatever little ember is left. I want to imagine us creating communities where they can be safe to express what they really think, why they're yeah. disillusioned with God or the church and yeah. that be okay. Like, yeah. I just, I don't want to be, judgmental and condemning towards people like that. Yeah. 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 I think that's a really good um, perspective because a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the discourse that I've seen that does participate in that condemning of mm-hmm. ex-evangelicals or people who are deconstructing or that yeah. kind of thing. Um, I think it does assume that people are doing it for nefarious reasons. Yeah. And it doesn't acknowledge that like nobody, nobody does this on purpose. No, yeah, you nobody know, like wakes up is, one morning and says, yeah. I'm going to be an ex-evangelical. Yeah. Right, right. There's deep pain and disillusionment yes, behind absolutely. all of these things. And I think that's um, that's some of what I hear you naming that I think is important to be present to. Um, you also wrote that we must learn to be present to mm-hmm. these bruised, you know, bruised humanity on their terms. Yeah. Um, maybe say a bit more about what you mean by that. What does that look like to be present to bruised humanity on their terms? Super important to me, Ben. It's one of the most important ideas that I carry around in my heart and head. And I just mean that the church, especially in the day we live in, cannot assume some privileged position. Mm. I mean, it's game over. Yeah. Um, we just can't. We we have to be with in other words, we can't inflict our theological categories, um, 
we can't inflict our, even our notions of church. Like we mm-hmm. can't ever be inflicting. Mm-hmm. We have to be with people, I believe, as Jesus did, on their terms. So like Nicodemus, you can hear, if you, you know, sort of reading between the lines in that passage, you can hear Jesus thinking something like, oh, okay, you're, you're a Pharisee and a teacher of the law, and you don't get what's happening here. All right, let's talk about that. Mm-hmm. Or the woman at the well. Yeah, you know, you're you're ha- you've been forced by the brutalization of men and the brutalization of your culture. You've been forced to give yourself to a series of men just to be able to survive. Yeah, and Jesus meets her on her terms and talks to her on her terms. And I I think you can go through the whole New Testament and find that Jesus always starts where people are, not where he wishes they were. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't demand to be heard on his terms. He's always yeah. willing to talk to people without compromise yeah. on their terms. And I just think there's nothing more missionally or, or evangelistically important right now than that thought, that yeah. we have to be with people on their terms. It doesn't mean we don't have our own terms. Mm-hmm. It just means we don't start with them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. That's a really helpful thought. You know, the question that comes to mind that Jesus asked uh, so many people, and I'm, I, I love in the gospel, uh, I can't remember which, I think it's like uh, in a couple of them, but especially I think Mark's gospel juxtaposes these stories almost exactly where Jesus asked the same question of his disciples, James mm-hmm. and John, who come yeah. to him and say like, teacher, we'd love for you to do for us whatever we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Yeah. There's this, there's this hu- humble uh, posture of service. Yeah. How can I be helpful? Yeah. You know, and he obviously has to deny the request, you know, because mm-hmm. it's rooted in pride and their own sort of desire for power. But then he asks the same question of blind Bartimaeus. Mm-hmm. I think this is Jesus, you know, it's so, you know, he's like, bring him to me. He's, he's yeah. okay, you're asking for mercy. What would you like me to do for you? He asks them the identical question. And obviously, yeah, I think uh, it, you're right. Bartimaeus. It's classic to Jesus trying to find someone else's terms. Yeah. yeah. What do you like? What's, what's actually going on in you, James and John? Right. Yeah. Like, what's underneath this? notion, as you said, of what power is, how it works, how it's, yeah. how it flows. Yeah. yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. That's, well, that's great. That's really helpful. Um, you asked us, you know, in this letter um, to be pondering a series of questions over the course yeah. of 2022, which I think were really good questions. And um, you, you mentioned, you know, there are questions that you're going to be asking leaders this year. I'm, I'm hopeful we can get some of those questions yes, uh, on the podcast too. this year. Yeah. I think it'd be really helpful. Um, to, for us, for our ongoing learning as a diocese, how do we mm-hmm. how do we minister? You know, yeah. in in twenty twenty two, as as Christians, as Anglican Christians who are seeking to be you know present to how God is at work in the midst of these um, challenges. And so, the questions you know involved how changes in the mission field are resetting ministry priorities and practices for us. Um, how we can learn to have conversations in our about faith, um, it, both inside and outside of the church. Um, church planting. How does church planting factor into our, you know, ongoing mm-hmm. ministry plans as churches? Um, how does leadership development pra- uh, factor into that? And how how can we tend to the care of our own souls in the midst of very anxious and and dangerous in in a lot of ways times? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I just wondered if there's anything that you wanted to say about, um, you know, say about that uh, before we. Yeah, I think what I was thinking about when I wrote those questions was that um, is it like Christianity, Christian ministry, it's not a concept, it's not an ideal, it's um, it's not a position, you know, like sort of an mm-hmm. intellectual position that I think Christianity is best understood as a person. Yeah. 
And if we look at the person of Jesus, he makes himself present. He's aware of Jewish history. You know, think of I've not come to um, set aside the law, but to fulfill mm-hmm. it. So he's, and 20 other sayings. So he's aware of Jewish history. He's aware of the eschaton and where this is all going, but he makes himself present to the people and times in which he's there. Mm-hmm. And so once you once you adopt both spiritually and missionally the notion of presence, then it just automatically reminds us that, especially in our day and age, what you're what we're being present to can be very different even within a year or two. Yeah. Like I don't think anybody would doubt that the world is in some ways a different place now because of COVID. Yeah. Well, how? Well, you all, you all, I mean, I experience it a little bit, but you all who are rectors experience it, have experienced it every week for almost yeah. two and a half years now yeah. of fighting over mass and vaccines and social distancing and the politicizing of those things. Well, that's a different sort of world than we had two and a half years ago. So how do we, how do we get people to follow Jesus? And I know you've seen this all over Christian and secular media as well. Like, how do we actually disciple people who are coming to the positions? Like, they bring to church positions that they learned on cable TV or talk radio or other media sources. So they're being discipled by those media sources, let's say, just to pick a number, 20 hours a week, and we get a 20-minute sermon. Right. And and the liturgical prayers and stuff to try to disciple them. So that's the challenge I'm getting at, is for us just to be present to this moment, because... I mean, I'm getting old now, and I started my first church in 1979. And I just want to tell everybody listening, what I did in the late 70s through the 80s was super easy. (laughs) What we're all trying to do now is really hard. And I just want us to be attentive to the real challenges, because God's not abandoned the world, and the Holy Spirit hasn't split, and Mm -hmm. um, the church is still the church. It's just hard right now. Yeah. And, yeah. and I, I would want to say to everybody listening that it's no accident that you're alive and leading in 2022, that that's actually the will of God, and that we yeah. are the people He intended to be alive during these huge challenges. And I think as we mm-hmm. seek Him and seek the Spirit and listen to each other and learn from each other, um, we can learn to be present to these really difficult moments. Yeah. Well, that's encouraging. Thank you. That's That was my hope. Um, to be able to, you know, just get an encouraging word going into 2022. Yeah. Um, would you, uh, would you, um, would you end our podcast by just speaking a blessing yes. over our listeners in our mm-hmm. diocese? Yeah. Now may God refresh in you the first time you knew how very much he loved you. And how in Christ he forgave you of your sins whether they were many or few or ugly or rather benign, just recall those moments where you first felt loved and forgiven by God and how your heart went out to him. And may the Lord refresh in you that first time you felt called by him, how God gave you a love for the other, for the broken, for the least, the last, the left out, the marginalized, the dispossessed. And may God stir up in you that calling that he's given you. And may he refresh you today with the presence of the Spirit. As Paul said, may you continually be filled 
with the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And may the Lord grant you a rest, that your work would emerge from an inner rest and an inner peace of knowing that you are loved and called and sent by God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Todd. You're Looking welcome, Ben. To Great to see chatting you. chatting with you this year. Yep. again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.